Welcome to Transformation. This is farm broadcaster John Wick with the latest edition of our podcast series. Transformation is made possible through a partnership of the Red River Farm Network, Linder Farm Network, and the Minnesota Department of Agriculture. Numerous stakeholders have also provided support, including the Minnesota Farm Bureau Foundation and West Central Initiative Fund. The Minnesota Department of Agriculture provides one-on-one help for state farmers dealing with financial problems. It's called the Farm Advocate Program. This program's been around since the mid-1980s, yet I'm sure there's many people that uh, are unaware of this program. David Hess farms at Comfrey, Minnesota. He's been a farm advocate for many years. David, what can you tell me about being a farm advocate? At times, it's very challenging, especially it was during the uh, COVID when supposedly we could not meet face-to-face for the farmer-lender mediation uh, sessions that we ended up having. We could only do it over the phone, but uh, basically uh, we end up, uh, the farmer generally ends up calling us. Uh, how he finds out in various ways, he ends up uh, basically most of the time it's with a uh, notice from uh, the Farmer Lender Mediation Program, and in that is a brochure that lists all of the farm advocates around the state. And uh, from there, we end up, uh, they end up calling us or contacting us. Um, unfortunately, most of the time, it's uh, uh, the mediation is tomorrow, or uh, uh, it, it's just uh, basically the first meeting is uh, being a catch-up meeting. It would be nice if they would end up finding out uh, what it is that we end up doing. Uh, We represent the farmer. Um, We do the balance sheet. We can do the balance sheet, the cash flow, uh, meet with lenders, lawyers, and uh, uh, attend uh, all of the meetings that uh, they end up needing to go to that they don't feel comfortable with. And in the whole process is uh, kind of educating them on how to end up representing themselves um, in the future. Just like it says, you're really serving as that advocate for the farmer in a time they really need it. That, that's correct. Yep. So yep. no doubt we're going into this winter season. Uh, what's your take? How do cash flows uh, look going into next year? Good question. Uh, that everything is so up in the air right now. I mean, we've got prices uh, like we've not been able to put into a cash flow before, uh, but we've also got expenses like we've never had before. Uh, the uh, average, what I'm being told, um, it's going to cost for fertilizer, chemicals. Um, this does not include seed is going to be right around $300 an acre. Uh, whether uh, a person can end up getting some co-ops being a little bit uh, better on those prices, but in a roundabout way, that's what it is. Now the challenge that we've got is uh, it's so terrible uh, dry and uh, I see some guys putting in hydrus on, and then at the wedding the other uh, weekend, uh, I talked with a daughter of an agronomist who knew all about this issue and said, 
they were recommending no anhydrous, just put urea on. And uh, so there's going to be challenges uh, when it comes to this next season. Seed costs have gone up as well, and, of course, fuel, like everybody knows. So how that's all going to shake out in a cash flow, I haven't done one, actually, for next year yet. Uh, They were concentrating, most lenders were concentrating on this year, and uh, it's been fairly quiet when it comes to some. We've got about uh, six or eight mediations going on right now uh, that haven't been completed, and I think what is happening is that the lender is waiting to see what the results for the yields and uh, what kind of prices that the farmer can end up getting. The way you talk, though, David, it's really important to get out ahead of any potential problem here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, The sooner, the better. Uh, The sooner to contact us and uh, uh, get us involved, the better that it would end up being. How long have you been a farm advocate, David, and, and how did you get involved with this? Uh, it all started in 1986 uh, when Luann Kling ended up uh, inviting us to her house for an interview. And uh, before that, uh, we, we ourselves were going to end up being um, uh, foreclosed on ourselves. And... Uh, um, but we were able to end up staving that off and getting refinanced uh, at that particular point. I would think that background, being a farmer first of all, but also having that uh, that experience of what it's like to to get that foreclosure notice. Uh, you're, you're speaking the same language as as the the other farmers you're sitting down to when they're going through a financial challenge. That has to be important. Correct. Correct. Yep. Uh, um, that experience is, uh, was extremely helpful and end up understanding, knowing exactly what it is that they're going through. So describe to me what a, what a mediation session is, is like, what's involved there. There's a uh, mediator that conducts uh, the meeting uh, that's basically a neutral party to the uh, whole meeting, he um, uh, sees to it that uh, everybody communicates uh, with each other and things don't get out of hand, which have been, uh, it's happened in the past, but not just recently. Uh, it was more so in the 80s than it was uh, is now. But um, And the session ends up uh, going for as many sessions as a, pers- as a farmer would like to have. Um, it could be one session or it could be a half a dozen sessions during the 60 day period of time. The farmer has 90, he has 30 days in which once he receives a certified letter from the farmer lender mediation, he's got 30 days in which to end up returning the paperwork to them saying that he is, uh, asking for mediation, um, once that's received, then they set up the schedule, and generally it's always in the county uh, seat of the farmer where his uh, farm is located, whichever county it happens to be. Um, then there's a 60-day period of time. Once you uh, have the first meeting, 60 days worth of meeting time. 
uh, and hopefully you can end up reaching an agreement within that 60 days. Um, and uh, if not, uh, and if if so, then an agreement uh, is, as I understand it, it's it's binding. Um, and uh, uh, to both the farmer as well as the lender. Uh, most of the time, uh, the banker, the lender will end up um, probably having an attorney there. Uh, the first meeting, I would say, isn't that terrible necessary, but uh, the farmer needs to be, at this particular point, having some legal counsel at some point. Uh, and it would be better if he knows he's going to end up getting into the uh, an issue to have already established uh, some communication with a, um, a lo- uh, an agriculture uh, attorney. We, we, you mentioned the 80s and certainly a different environment. I'm curious uh, what kind of um, participation, what kind, what kind of uh, role has the Farm Advocate Program had in, in the more recent years? Basically, it's been the exact same as it was is it, uh, in the 80s. Um, we end up uh, uh, having uh, 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 conferences whereby um, Farmers Legal Action Group used to end up giving us a lot of information when it came to the old Farmers Home Administration, FMHA, Farmers Home Administration, and now the Farm Service Agency, um, uh, and the regulations that deal with the FSA uh, and the government programs, and we try to end up also um, any state programs that would happen to come around, uh, about over the years. And I don't know if there's going to be something, you know, when it comes to this legislative session with uh, drought uh, issues. Uh, in some places, it's, you know, quite extreme the way uh, I see the maps and uh, uh, everything up in the metro to the southwest um, area as well. So I don't know what the yields are doing in other parts of the state. Do you see in your role as a farm advocate and your experience in, in this effort, David, that, that maybe you're able to see some options that, that that farmer may not have seen before and, and help them see some daylight? Oh, yes. That's happened many a time before where we've been able to end up coming up with uh, uh, an option that uh, he hadn't seen. I mean, he's just looking at present right now exactly what uh, he's being faced with and not expanding beyond uh, that. Uh, That's the importance of the conferences that we end up having and the speakers that come in and explain some of the programs that they have, and then some options for uh, um, operating loans. Uh, once, once I'm thinking, one I'm thinking of right now, they uh, were able to end up coming up with a uh, uh, new lender that was willing to take them on in, in South Dakota. So uh, it ended up taking care of the whole issue that they were having. Are you always able to find some compromise or resolve these in a positive manner? Or no, no, not not every not every time. No, sometimes that ends up leading to a bankruptcy. Um, I've worked with and done cash flows for the bankruptcy trustee 
submitted that to the uh, court, and um, uh, in, in, I'm thinking of a Chapter 12 where that it's it's uh, uh, a five or a seven year plan, and uh, if and it's worked. It, it's uh, um, the court or the trustee has agreed that they can make it based on this cash flow that's uh, done. So the cash flow isn't just particularly done just for the <clears throat> mediation, <clears throat> but it's also uh, could lead to doing the paperwork for the bankruptcy. If I'm reading this right, David, uh, everything's free and, and obviously confidential at the, the work done by the advocates too, right? That is correct. Yep, yep. <clears throat> There's no charge as long as they are a Minnesota resident um, for our services. Um, and it can continue beyond the um, uh, mediation setting. It could continue. Uh, in fact, there's a couple of them that I'm still dealing with. Mediation is over with, but they're still dealing with issues, and I'll get a calls every once in a while asking, well, what do you think about this, or what do you, <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, the EIDL loans that uh, came about uh, during the pandemic uh, um, uh, were something that ended up helping a few people with. They weren't aware of it. There was a lot of programs that came out during, the, uh, during that uh, time, and hopefully it's... Um, uh, most of those now are all done with, but there isn't any more of those uh, available. So the phone doesn't ring off the hook quite as bad as it did during the pandemic. We're all better when we can, can make informed decisions. Any final takeaway notes I should have as we talk about this Farm Advocate program, David? issue, like I mentioned before, was uh, when we first started, the cost out there for this next year. I'm just afraid that may, we may end up having some more issues as far as operating loans are concerned and uh, getting uh, into the field next year. And the drought that's going on right now is going to have a factor, I think, uh, with what the lender has to say uh, when it comes to borrowing to get the uh, the crop planted this next year, so I think we we may end up end up having some more issues when it comes to that. David Hess, a farm advocate from Comfrey, Minnesota. A reminder: you can hear all of our transformation podcasts online at rrfn.com forward slash transformation, or you can go to the podcast tab at linderfarmnetwork.com. As always, we'd like to remind you that help is available if you're in a stressful situation. There's the Minnesota Farm and Rural Helpline that is free and confidential and available 24-7. That helpline number is 833-600-2670, or you can text 898211. Information is also available at minnesotafarmstress.com. Until next time, I'm Don Wick.